coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Cancel your gym membership. These are the only resolutions that matter. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellis, joined as always by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, are you a resolution guy? I, not generally. In fact, I think we've at some point done a 433 about it. Oh, okay. That I makes sense. No, I think so. It might be in like the lost episodes that... Sure. Or it could just be like in every now and then when Mark and I are hanging out, we'll be like 433 and then we'll just talk about something else <laughs> for four and a half minutes. Um... Yeah, I'm I'm usually not either. <clears throat> I do find myself just sort of casually being like, I'm going to, you know, eat better for a couple days or I, run a little bit or whatevs. I like to think that I'm goal oriented, but <laughs> I but I don't know if that's like the same thing as resolutions. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I I think of a resolution as in like I don't know. Maybe I've been watching too much TV, but I think of a resolution as like I'm going to change my life. Oh, I thought right. you were. I thought you were gonna say. I, I thought you really were gonna say. I'm gonna goals. watch less TV. <laughs> no, are you crazy? No. <laughs> no, Mark, you watch as much TV as you want to no, watch. Oh, thank you. Oh my yeah. gosh, Woo. the sweet embrace <laughs> of television. Man, I was just watching my season eight Simpsons DVDs before this. Like, I can't give up watching t- comfort TV. Oh my god, so comforting. TV doesn't disappoint you. No, I mean it does. I frequently. mean new TV disappoints you. Right. Old TV. Yeah. Yeah, the, the that, stuff you know you like. That episode of The Simpsons where they move to uh Cypress Creek and uh, work Homer works for Hank Scorpio. That episode's never going to disappoint me. <laughs> it's going to love me as much as I love it every single time. So we're doing great. We're both in a <laughs> super healthy mental yeah. state. Everything's mm-hmm. going good. Good relationship with reality. <laughs> Um, if you want a healthy relationship with reality, you should borrow my copy of Sonic Forces. Yeah, nothing brings you back to Earth. Mm Mm-hmm. Nothing brings you crashing back down to disappointing reality, like playing the 2017 classic Sonic Forces. You can borrow my copy of this game. What, what, Mark? I was going to say, but don't let Patrick dissuade you. Mm, yes. That's Patrick's take on it. Yeah. What's your take on it? If you would like to play my copy of Sonic Forces, all you have to do is email us. We are Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. With your address, I send you a copy of the game, and uh, you play it for a little bit, and then you send it on back to me, and everyone has a good time? This is a successful program, and don't you want to be part of a successful program? Look. That's if, not a cult. If you want to start, well, let's not say it's not a cult. <laughs> well, it's not yet. It is not yet a cult. Someday, if it rises to cult status, you will know that you got in on the ground floor. That's where you want to be on this sort of thing. So... Send your address in. I'll send you a copy. You play it. You send it back uh, and have a wonderful time. Mark, are you ready to get into our main topic? Let's do it. Main topic. And that topic, of course, is New Year's Resolutions gaming style. Nintendo... 2018. Mark didn't like me saying gaming style. I liked it fine. <laughs> no, I don't think you did. <laughs> it's okay. You don't have to like everything. 
yeah, so Mark and I have both come up with a list of resolutions for 2018 that are related to video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, things that we shall endeavor to do better or more completely or whatever in the new year. Um, Mark, I propose that we make this interesting. Okay. How so? Uh, I say we invoke our famous million-dollar bets, <gasps> and we see who can complete more resolutions over the course of the year. I accept. Very good. Put so it in the books. It is in the books. One more million-dollar bet. Um, does, when- this, does this change us from resolutions in any way? Because technically, if we're betting on them, are they, like, uh, wagers? Okay, well, let's say this. Or are we wagering on resolutions? Yeah, I guess we're wagering on resolutions. How about we are we are wagering against each other's uh, uh, resolutions? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so my wager is we're that shorting you'll your fail resolution. at your resolution. Yeah, that's right. That's what the big short was all about. I believe that's right. That's I I think of uh, Margot Robbie in the tub explaining it. And yeah, it made perfect sense. Made to me. perfect sense to me at the time. Uh, so we we have five resolutions each. Uh, we're going to go back and forth and talk about various challenges that we're going to face in um, taking on these resolutions and maybe the the likelihood of us actually fulfilling them. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, Mark, why, why don't you uh, get us started here? Okay, so I guess my first is a is one that I probably a lot of gamers share, and that's defeat my backlog. Oh, man. That is an all-encompassing one. So I have a lot of games. Well, I guess not, like, I have a lot for me. Uh For a long time, I was very just, like, one game at a time. I'm not going to purchase a bunch of games that I'm not going to play. And then we started doing this podcast. Right. And, you know, we're always looking for stuff to talk about. We're always buying new games, trying new things out. And... Uh, you know, we will play something in order to talk about it, and maybe I won't finish it, but we'll be moving on to something else so we can talk about that next week. And it just all kinds of, you know, life gets in the way. Yeah. So it all kind of adds up. I feel like you are generally pretty good about that, though. Like, I, I think you got deeper into Snake Pass than I did. Uh, you finished the Champions oh, Ballad man, before. I totally even forgot about Snake Pass. Am I going to have to... Does that count? Do, what do you mean? Did you not finish N- Snake Pass? No. Okay, well, so this is one where you will have to define your own... Okay, re- backlog. Like, yeah, what what is your backlog? I guess I think of a backlog as games that I want to finish mm-hmm. and that I intended to complete but got, like, distracted or, for some reason did not do so so uh do you have like a top of mind 2017 games like that are uh steam world dig 2 yeah really liked it mm-hmm. got i think at least three-fourths the way through it maybe even closer to like 90 percent right and just and didn't then just run like, it in yeah not because i stopped liking it just because it, i fell out of it right um trying to think of like what else is on there that uh did like, you ever finish mario rabbit no i never yeah. i never did i never finished and that one i'm kind of i i should finish it i want to finish it i'm kind of dreading finishing it right like remembering how to do it yeah because it, it gets hard at the end too yeah and i remember that the reason why i stopped is because i kind of got stuck a little bit oh yeah sure uh and so i'm not loving uh the idea of going back to that but yeah just like games like that where it's like uh, I didn't stop because I didn't like it. Because those, I I don't think there's any point in playing games that you don't like. No, pointless. Totally pointless. Um, and so those I'm not including. But and things on like classic consoles, 
I'm not counting either. Right. But basically, it's just like uh, th- my focus is switch games that I have purchased that I enjoyed that uh, I want to get back to and finish. Sure. So right now, I think there's like uh, there are some I'm forgetting, but I would guess around like four or five, and I would put the uh, single player of Splatoon two on there. Sure. I you yeah. know never played my all the way through that. I, I never did either. I never finished that, and I I really I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's um, fun when you're doing it, but it's just hard to like go back to do it. Right, especially because like you have to make two choices there. You have to be like, I'm going to play Splatoon instead of these other games, and then on top of that, you're like, I have to do the single player instead of the multiplayer, and the multiplayer has all these other fun modes that you can be playing that you know you like. Um, yeah, that's that's a good goal, if kind of a hard one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's it feeds into that just like that idea of like. Why am I buying new stuff when like there's there's more of this game that I have that I still enjoy? <laughs> yeah, that I'm not playing. Well, for and I, it's reason. it's so tempting to always be buying the new thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I have put off buying Mighty Gunbolt Burst Burst mm-hmm. for this reason because it was like I want to get this, but I know it's just going to like sit there. Right. And right now, uh, even though I have this backlog of games, it feels like I have like a lull. Like I haven't really picked up anything for the last couple of weeks yeah so it's like oh this would be a perfect time to do it and uh but yeah that's how a backlog grows yeah grows and grows and grows um all right that is a good first goal my first goal um is regarding fighting games oh Uh, it is my resolution this year to get good g-i-t-g-u-d um and follow the fighting game scene um so this is uh regarding street fighter 5 which i know is not available on a nintendo platform but that's like the kind of king of fighting games at the moment and maybe it will be and maybe it will be who knows but it also you know obviously has a lot to do with the um street fighter arcade collection that's coming out in march um and uh you know all of the the smash entries uh, if pocket rumble ever comes out um and so all of this stuff and i i want to follow like the fighting game scene um, I want to go to Evo this year, uh, which is the big fighting game tournament that uh, this year it's in uh, Las. It's always in Las Vegas, um, but it's uh, in August. I don't want to go and like compete, but I want to go and like just be part of it and um, you know watch the competition. I had a really really good time at the uh, Capcom Cup at PSX this year, um, and so I just I want to like get in there i want to be watching videos like of uh combos and people playing and um really understand uh a handful of fighting games this year and like get you know not competitively good but get good at these games yeah and by get good like do you mean i can go online and play and not get my butt kicked every single time yes that's what i that's what i mean um and and also like just to be uh, enough in like the language of these games to understand what I'm watching in high level play, because um, really that's that's what a lot of this is about. Is I had such a positive spectator experience um, at PSX that like I want to be able to recreate that without having you know a a, a three man pre show team and then uh, two announcers calling the match. Um, I want to be able to understand and like participate in what's exciting about these games as I'm watching them happen. Um, and you know, with with the Street Fighter arcade collection coming out, it's it seems like a good time to just like double down on Street Fighter. Um, and in particular, Street Fighter Five, um, the arcade edition is out in January, 
um, which has a bunch of new characters slash old characters that are finally in that game. Um, and yeah, it, it all, it seems like the kind of slow start that Street Fighter V had um, is they're finally like catching up to it and the game is like full featured and robust enough um, that like I want to I want to jump back into it. I want to be in it and a part of it. So the answer to this can be no. Yeah. But do you include arms in this? No, I'm not going to include arms in this. Um, arms is a little bit softer of a fighting game um, and is I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fine because you have played Arms, and you know, it seems like you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it hasn't really grabbed either of us by the lapels, and you know, like right, shaken us, and right, and I mean, grabbed our attention. We're always wearing outfits with lapels. <laughs> I mean, we are gentlemen, if nothing else, <laughs> of course. And I tip my cap to you, and I to thee. <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh arms is also not uh it, arms is at uh japan evo which is happening in like a week or two um but it is not at uh the evo in uh vegas so um maybe it's just a more of a a, a japanese thing but it, uh, stateside it's not uh, as popular in the competitive scene well and i also feel like just uh like we were talking about with the backlog not that you dislike arms but there's no reason to like put your focus into something that you don't want to put your focus into yeah you know abs- what i mean yeah i mean we, we're talking about basically five different versions of street fighter <laughs> that i can play online come uh uh march um and then if pocket rumble ever comes out <laughs> which who knows at this point who knows it may never um but yeah and then you know if there's like a surprise smash announcement or something um i do want to get back into smash for wii u um, because that is also going to be at Evo, um, and I like that game a lot. So uh, yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to. I want to like work out a controller solution for when um, Street the Street Fighter Arcade Collection comes to Switch, because um, I like playing with a, a fight stick, but I don't necessarily need it. Um, but yeah, I just need need to find something that will work with that machine. And I'm sure we'll probably in the future go into this in a little more detail, but. Uh, just because we're talking about fighting games, I'm interested. All these different versions of a Street Fighter, yeah, from uh, Alpha to like uh, Super Street Fighter Two, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Do does each one you have to like learn its intricacies? Yeah, so or like all these different versions of Street Fighter Two is being competitive in Super Street Fighter Two different than being competitive in? Street Fighter 2 or Turbo or one of the yeah, different... Yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, uh, the characters are all, not all totally balanced differently, but there are a lot of balanced tweaks. Um, and, you know, I, I sometimes it's as big as characters have different basic movesets. Sometimes they have different uh, special movesets. And sometimes it's just like, uh, that kick doesn't, you know, stun for as long as it, does, as it did in a previous version or whatever. Or this one deals a little more damage or this person has too much health in this version. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm I I will uh, work on the online versions, the the ones that you can take online for the arcade collection. Um, you know, Alpha Three, Street Fighter Three, Third Strike, and uh, probably uh, Super Street Fighter Two, Hyper Fire, or Turbo, whatever it is, the the the, the last one of those, um, and kind of just let the other you know, nine versions of those games go mostly unplayed. Like I, I want to play them to play online and not to play like the arcade mode or versus with someone next to me. Well, this segues nicely into my next resolution, yeah. which is I, one of the things I want to do this year is try new games, try games mm. that I, you know, have in the past either 
uh, you know, when I was younger, tried and didn't love. And so I've just kind of forgotten about them. Yeah. Uh, or games that I've just never really given a shot in general. So for me, this includes sports sims. Yeah. I haven't played like an NBA 2K or two uh, or NBA Live for, which I don't even know if they even still make NBA Live. Like, Mark, I haven't played one of those. there's no way to know. <laughs> I haven't played one of those since. 97 yeah and we had a belarusian exchange student who gave me his like pirated fake copy right like that right. like that's the last one i played on uh pc uh fighting games are another great example like i've never really uh played them like i've never tried tried to learn them yeah uh and so that maybe like the street fighter collection is a would be a good entry point for me but it's just like stuff like that like racing games just things that i generally when they come out have zero interested and just let them uh just totally ignore them yeah well, uh, i kind of want to give them a new another shot what why do you think it is that you don't that like those types of games um haven't really been in your wheelhouse in, in the past you made thought on that so like, like for fighting games yeah it's, i never had the patience to learn them right. i never want you know like it never really interested me to learn the combos, learn blocking, learn all that kind of stuff that you need to be good or respectable, right? In or to have fun, honestly. Yeah, you in, know, in like a lot of cases, in a yeah. lot of games like that. Uh, for yeah, and just like racing games and sports games, I don't know. Like cars have just never super appealed to me. Mm -hmm. Sports have never been a huge important part of my life, and uh, uh, I think a lot of it's just like simulation stuff where it's trying to be like true to life like arcade racers i have a lot more fun with than like right a or like Turismo a car racer thing. yeah uh but th that's also based on you know t games that came out 20 years ago <laughs> yeah right yeah, so you, you a gave lot up on changed. those simulation games yeah a long time and so ago. Yeah. I, th I think even if i don't end up liking everything i think it's worth giving another shot at this point um, do you have, uh, so like for fighting games, good candidate is that, uh, um, the street fighter arcade collection. Do you have something in mind for like a sports sim or like a, a more realistic racer? I'm hoping that I, I, I don't think I'm going to pick up. Um, I mean, I guess we'll just see what comes to switch. Yeah. Right. Like I am not, there was that rumor that we talked about a couple of weeks ago about a like burnout paradise remaster oh, yeah, coming yeah. and that was a game that i had previously played and enjoyed but you know if a uh... does that count then <laughs> mark does that mark <laughs> but you know if something like that a million dollars on the line <laughs> we'll just we'll see what comes to switch i would like like if nba 2k 19 ended up coming i guess i could reach back and grab 18 it's not that old at this point it's on sale right but uh yeah i will we'll just kind of see how it plays out uh, that's that's an exciting goal. And anything else? Uh, any other kinds of games fall in that category? Do you think? Of? I mean, I feel like there's a ton. Yeah. Really, when it like comes down to it, um, and like a simulation game like The Sims. Sure. If a version of that came onto the Switch, I've never really played The Sims before. Sims doesn't even seem like it's that far outside of like a type of game that you would like, right? Like you're still. And not that you like it, but you're still playing Animal Crossing uh, Pocket Camp. Yeah, it's got its hooks in me. Yeah, so. Right, so no, it, it wouldn't be crazy to me if I ended up really liking The Sims. It's, you know, I never really had a gaming PC. Yeah. And so yeah, it's that makes just it a tough. franchise that I, like, never really experienced. But things like that, tactical shooters, you know, I mean, there's just, like, so, there are so many games out there that I 
have never really experienced and sometimes immediately I'm like, I'm not going to like that. Uh, I, I'm I, at the point in my life where I can try. I love that your goal here is like, I'm going to broaden my horizons. And mine's like, I'm going to drill down in the Street <laughs> Fighter. <laughs> I'm going to narrow my horizons. Uh, all right. That, that'll bring us to my, my second resolution, uh, which is to actually use creation tools in games. Um, I don't necessarily know what form that'll take this year. Um, but like, you know, uh, Chicken Wiggle, a game that I liked well enough, um, had a uh, set of creation tools and I could you could make your own levels and upload them for people to play. Um, I didn't touch the creation tools at all. Um, but like, I really liked making levels in Super Mario Maker. And I like to be part of like a creative community like that. Um, and, you know, that's that's something that I, I feel like would be good for this show too. And like to share levels with other people who listen to us and that they can share levels with me um, or with us, I guess. <laughs> I don't know why it was just me on that one. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, to r- really take advantage of and use the uh, like level editors and track editors and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and again, I don't really know what games are going to support that uh, this year, but um this is another thing that actually comes a little bit from my experience at PSX. Um, I spent some time hanging out at the Dreams booth, um, which is the new Media Molecule game. They're the people who did Little Big Planet, which is sort of Mario Maker before Mario Maker. Um, and uh, that game seems like it gives uh, users the ability to create any and everything. Um, and like, if you want to just be someone who like makes music for other people to use in their games, you can do that. If you want to just like you know, build characters for people to use in their games, you can do that. If you want to pull that all together to make some new experience, you can do that. Um, and it, it, was, it was exciting to watch it in action. Um, and so that's, that's the sort of experience that I want to get with these kind of creation tools. Yeah, I feel like currently there are some opportunities for stuff like that. For me also, it's something that I totally avoid. Yeah. Um, you know, there's like that RPG Maker Fez, mm-hmm. and if Mario Maker, who knows at this point whether it's like a, an actual rumor or just people wishing it, but you know, coming to the Switch in the future, yeah, or uh, another Nintendo franchise maker or something like that. It, there is something to be said for uh, Little Big Planet, and from what I've seen of Dreams, which are both PlayStation exclusives, the breadth of uh, like content that you can create in those games. Yeah. And, you know, th- I honestly, I, I think they challenge, uh, they allow you to do more than anything like Mario Maker has allowed you to do. And it'd be interesting to see what a like Nintendo version of just this open sandbox would look like. Yeah. I mean, that would, yeah, that, that, that's sort of the, the dream. Uh, obviously, not something that I'm, we're going to see, uh, this year or anything like that. Um, but uh yeah I, there's i just i think about like um you know I, when i'm i'm playing uh blossom tales uh the sleeping king and it's it's fun but like it's a turn my mind off game and like i'm not going to say i can feel myself getting dumber as i play it but like i can tell that i'm not like actively using the like creative part of my brain and like engaging with something that like there are very few things that uh you know just sort of make time disappear right and like just make my brain light up 
like working on a Mario Maker level that I'm like invested in or um designing a uh, a track or a cart or a racer in Mod Nation Racer or you know and anything like that like really getting in with the creation tools is just it's satisfying in a way that I don't know that playing a game otherwise uh really is kind of related to my previous uh resolution mm -hmm. so in addition to trying new game types I also want to try to push myself to play games in new ways. So interesting. I'm kind of, you know, it's really easy in an RPG or something to just do what you're familiar with. Uh, when you're creating a character, to I usually play as a mage, right? Right. You know, like I'll usually play as an elf if it's available, like that kind of stuff. When I was creating a new character in Skyrim, I kind of. Uh, purposefully chose to do something I did not do the last time I played Skyrim. Yeah, that's you know like a totally so interesting different character type. A totally and because I guess in general, and we kind of talked about this in our short episode about Skyrim. It's like I when I'm playing games, I want to give myself the freedom to fail or to experience it in my own way. Yeah, does that make sense? Because like yeah. uh, a lot of times when I'm playing games or when I get a new game, um my brain is to be like, I want to play this the most optimal way. Yeah. I want to try to do and see everything. And I want to try to do and see everything in one go through. And I want to do it in the most like effective, you know, uh, way. I want to make my character the most incredible character ever. I want to use a build guide. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything correctly. Right. You want to max things out. You want to, yeah. Yeah. That I'm doing it like the right way. And I, I, this year, my, I guess maybe part of this is my goal is just to like, try to release myself from that mindset mm -hmm. of being like, there's a right way to experience this RPG. And if I don't build my character perfectly, right. then, then you've messed it up. Then somehow. I've messed it up somehow and I'm not going to enjoy the game. And I, I think that's not a bad way to play it. I just think that it's a very like, for me, like a very limiting way. Yeah. And it does remove my enjoyment when I do quote unquote, like mess something up kill somebody that you weren't supposed to i wasn't supposed to or yeah. something like that it's like uh kind of it's kind of like playing any game with a morality system where you know it's like tracking your good and evil qualities and like at very early in the game you essentially decide like this is going to be my good playthrough or my evil playthrough and then you just make whatever decision you know is going to be good or evil um depending on which one you chose in the beginning you make one decision once instead of um, you know, you you're turning uh, a thing that could be a multi-pronged uh, decision-making tree into a binary, um, and you know it, the game is like intended, even though it will like reward you with something special for being totally good or totally bad. Um, it's designed to be a, a grayer experience, right? Um, and I, yeah, the the idea that like you're gonna miss out on some things because you're playing it. Uh, how you want to instead of like how you think the game wants you to play um i think that's that's a an admirable and like cool goal like i i like the idea of um playing a game how you want to instead of how it wants you to play it yeah or even not how it wants you to play it, but how like i the limitation i put on myself because like a game like mm -hmm. skyrim sure. as just an example they're happy for you to do what 
whatever you want. Yeah. Well, know? yeah, yeah. And I guess like, uh, however you, or it wants you to play it, um, uh, assumes that that's how you wanted to engage it in the first right. place. That's, yeah. Um, yeah. But like, I, I think that is a, a common gaming habit, right? Where you're like, oh, it's, uh, I'm going to hit all these side missions before moving on to the next one. I'm going to, uh, you know, follow all the recommended paths instead of, or it's like, oh, I'm playing a shooter. Okay. I'm, I know that I generally do like, uh, machine guns instead of, so I'm just going to leave the snipe. I'm not even going to explore what it's like to be a sniper because that's something I haven't really done in the past. Yeah. You know, just like stuff like that. And again, it's not always going to be successful. You know, in Splatoon 2, I hate the the chargers. You know, like I I absolutely hate them. It's not fun. And as we've talked about all in this episode, I'm not going to do something that's not fun. There's no like eating your vegetables in video games. (laughs) That's right. You know, there's no reward for playing with a charger if you don't like it in Splatoon 2. You don't get a medal that says, had the least (laughs) amount of fun. (laughs) But I just feel like there are probably things that if I do them, I will enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And maybe out of 10, it'll only be one. But that's at least something new that I haven't like, that I didn't realize about gaming. Yeah. That that's a good one. Uh, okay, this next one gonna will require a lot of self control and self reflection. Amiibo. I have to figure out my relationship to Amiibo. Oh, this is this is an interesting one. Uh, so uh, as we discussed last week, I have per several weeks ago, recently, um, I purchased twenty four Amiibo last year in two thousand seventeen. I didn't get them all. Um, I have very few complete sets of Amiibo, like I'm missing some of the Animal Crossing ones, I don't have all the Smash, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, I, I bought all these things, I've scanned less than half of them into um, my Switch, and most of them are living in a box in my bedroom. Um, so I have to decide uh, what these things are to me. Um, are they important enough that I spend as much time and money um, hunting them down as I do? only to put them in a box or do I need to say like, Hey, it's okay. There's going to be, you know, another set of Yoshi Amiibo with the new Yoshi game. And I don't get those. Um, or do I decide like, yes, they are important. Yes. They should be displayed. Yes. I want to scan them all in. Um, what is it? What is my relationship to Amiibo? Cause right now I don't know. I am in the middle. I like them. I like having some of them displayed, but I recognize that like it's a little childish to have Nintendo toys just like prominently displayed everywhere in my house. A couple is fine, but like I'm not going to have a hundred of these things just like lying all over the place. Um, yeah, I di- I just need to I need to figure out what my relationship is to Amiibo. When you say you haven't scanned them, do you mean like in because there's no functionality where you just like scan it and something happens right it's all like it's got to be game game specific yeah um yeah uh there you know i i haven't scanned um the majora's mask uh, amiibo into breath of the wild i don't know what it gets me maybe something interesting maybe not um i don't even think i've uh scanned in the champions um and they uh have the um they can spawn uh treasure chests that have unique helmets in them and those are cool looking helmets like yeah <laughs> so like they have functionality that i'm not even using yeah i think that's a really interesting goal and not that that's what that not that this is what this episode is for but one that i think just has like interesting 
application to a lot of aspects of our life. Absolutely. Because you're not saying that amiibo are bad. No. Or that you don't want amiibo or that you like people shouldn't own amiibo. It's just like figuring out where and I think we all anybody who plays games, uh, especially once you get older and you have a job and you have other respons you have people in your life, you have other responsibilities. It's something that you have to do with a lot of things is just be like, okay, here's this thing that I enjoy. Right. And how does it, yeah, like, where does it fit into my life? How much do I value it? And if it is a lot, that's great. But, you know, like, if it's actually not that much. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's really my hang up. Like, um, you know, when, when I first started collecting Amiibo, it was, it was very exciting and, uh, you know, it was during, the, the very first, like, run of Smash Amiibo, and, like, they were hard to come by, so there was, like, a fun, exciting, like, collector's aspect to it. Um, and then, you know, in the last, like, year or so, it's kind of just been, like, a well, if you spend the money, you'll get it, you know? Um, and you probably won't have to go out of your way to, like, find everything at retail price without, like, paying extra for it. Um, and it's just, like, well, yeah, like, how much of this activity that you're already that you're already like sinking a ton of money into. Um, like you and I both spent a lot of money on Nintendo last year. Um, and it's just like, well, how much of that is amiibo and how much of that do I not need to be spending, basically, is the the the, the crux of this whole thing. Right. Yeah. Totally. I mean I I it's like I said, applications outside yeah. of just like amiibo like nintendo video games in general yeah i mean because you you and i both download we we see like a, an indie game that we're interested in we're like yes yes i will buy that i purchased uh ukulele and i don't think i'm gonna get back to it that was 40 bucks <laughs> yeah uh n- not to rag on a totally okay game but like snake pass yeah there we go we're coming for you snake pass <laughs> We, we are a, ragging on you. Yeah, we did a whole episode kind of praising you, we, and now we've turned. Which you can go back and listen to. Yep, you, you know? can go back. It's uh, we're, we're pretty positive on it. <laughs> it's a fine game. Uh, so number four, my next resolution is I kind of want to get into the world of fan translations a little bit. Oh, this is interesting because I it's you know I've never even attempted um to import a game or anything like that but there are some like japanese only especially retro games or more like retro er games like mother three that i'm super interested in experiencing you know like games from series that i really like that i will have just never had the opportunity to play because they never got localized here but there are people out there who have put in a lot of effort to do fan translations Mm -hmm. and uh made them readily available and fairly easy to you know like implement and it's something that i would be interested in checking out and seeing if i can do an experience that that's a cool one if uh for no other reason than it it has the like little bit of um you need to be part of like a community and like find the right translation for something or you know like people will have different opinions on how it feels very much like the um the fighting game one to me where like you can't do it on your own um you need to be like part of a group that is uh like finding these things or hosting these things or even like doing the translating um that's cool do you ha- other than um mother 3 which i feel like is a a 
really solid example. Do you have other? Not off the top of my head. Yeah. I don't even really know what's out there. Like from reading, I don't even, you know, like oneup.com back in the day or listening to other podcasts yeah. or being on like Twitter, you uh, hear it like comes up every now and then. But I don't really have like a definitive list. I don't, maybe Psych and Dead Setsu 3. Oh sure, yeah. would be an interesting one to do. I don't. I that don't... is the the uh, sequel to Secret of Mana. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if it's something that we that could be put on to like the SNES Classic. We could play with like two players, you know, like stuff like that. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that um, would be cool. But it seems like you know there are so many games, uh, from the twenty, thirty, forty years, yeah, of video game history that have never made it over here. That uh, would be really interesting to check out. Yeah, it's so weird that so many of those games haven't been uh like translated um and released by the the companies that made them in the first place. Um Yeah, I don't know. I I I love the like DIY aspect of uh of that and like people banding together to like cuz those things are so there's so much text to translate and you know, anyone doing like a a good translation or good like localization is going to have to interpret a lot. Um, so there's some like real, uh, like subtle artistry to a lot of that, that I think would be cool to encounter that we won't, we wouldn't be otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. To say nothing of experiencing the games themselves. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's such a, I feel like such a rare thing. Although we kind of had that experience, I feel like with Breath of the Wild, but in my mind, it's like going to a theme park you've never been to before. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, uh, or going to like a. Disneyland that you've like a Disneyland Paris that you've never been to before. We were like, I know Disneyland, and so this is familiar but new at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. feel like experiencing a new game in a franchise you love that you never were able to play when you were a kid would be really exciting. Are there fan translations of games that were localized by the company that put them out, like that, like that offer like alternate, um, like language? I, I. Think so. I, uh, like I think did, like there are yeah. like Final Fantasies and stuff that have had new like retranslations. Like if a game was, uh, localized in the SNES era when yeah. localization was a little more hit and miss, they weren't as like polished as they are today most of the time. Um, I I do think there are retranslations of things like that. Yeah, that 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 would be really interesting. I would love to see a retranslation of Tiny Metal. <laughs> <laughs> Having a real tough time with it at present. Uh. All right, that leads me to my my fourth uh, resolution, which is have one word written here: Earthbound. Um, I when I originally played through Earthbound back when it was on the Super Nintendo, um, I wasn't playing. My friend Ryan was playing, um, and I didn't like my friend Ryan, <laughs> uh, and he didn't like me. <laughs> um, so there are huge chunks of the game that I haven't seen that I haven't played. Um, I've got it on the uh, SNES Classic Edition. I have it on my 3DS, um, and um, I've started it on both, and have never, you know, muscled my way through the the beginning of it because it's got that Super Nintendo RPG quality of being like kind of tough to get into in the beginning. Um, and you know, anytime we're talking about NES or you know any any character 
Did you hear beeping and then it's, oh, it was the thing behind me that was beeping and stopped. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little diffuser behind me uh, that was making the room smell like oranges and it is no longer doing it. Freak me out for a second. <laughs> um, no, but I feel like I, uh, where Earthbound is concerned, I know, I know that it's funny. I know the designs are there. I know that it's quirky and weird. Um, but for the most part, I am parroting other people's uh, opinions of the game. Um, and I feel bad about that that I want to have um, a real perspective on this game that is such a big part of like um, Nintendo's legacy uh, and it, like is such a mysterious kind of game too and that like that's the only one that came to the West. I guess that we got Mother 1 um, a couple of years ago as well. Um, but you know, you're, you're chasing fan translations to get to Mother 3. Um, yeah, it, it seems like too important of a uh, of a game for me to have like a not a blind spot necessarily, but uh, not like a recent like genuine experience of it. Well, that brings us to our final resolution, and this is a joint resolution. Mm-hmm. This is one we're going to either achieve or fail at together. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it is to finish playing through. The original Final Fantasy on the NES. That's right. So we had started it. Yes. Um, some months ago. Yes. And then played it again more recently. Yeah, but we, still a few months ago. That's amazing that we went back to it. <laughs> we did. We didn't just play it once and then throw it aside. Uh, and I don't even think we have scratched the surface. No, of this game, and we've put what. 30 hours into it at Is least too 20 much? at least 20. 20 at least 20 um yeah i don't think we put in 15 hour play sessions each time <laughs> yeah that's true that's true uh but yeah i mean the original final fantasy uh, not a game that i finished as a kid i yeah same um I'm i not, didn't even own it as a kid i'm not even sure i know anyone who's claimed to finish it or has like talked to me about the end of definitely game of final not fantasy. the definitely not the original nes final fantasy there's yeah. been remakes mm-hmm. and uh you know like a, a version on the gba and a version on the ps1 that i think are more widely played yeah that are more accessible and we're, so that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about like an easy or fun version of this game. <laughs> we are talking the original Final Fantasy, complete with its glitches that cause, you know, uh, the, the, um, the blind spell to always miss or whatever. Uh, just purchasing potions one at a time. That's because right. Because you can't buy it. There's no other bulk. way. Um, and so this is one, though, that flies a little bit in the face of your I want to play games differently. Um, because I think we are still going to pull up uh, like a, a walkthrough, right, to make sure that we are buying all the right. Because the game is so obtuse otherwise. Right. And we have no guide or anything to. Right. Um, yeah. And we would have, when I was a kid, I would have played it with a, a guide in my hand. Like like the uh, Nintendo Power one? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Final Fantasy is uh, complex enough that. It, like playing it without a guide is a little bit like playing D and D without like a, a player manual. You know that you just be like, uh, I don't know. I guess I give my guide this sword, and then the DM's like, you can't use that sword. <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's. Look, this I, is our version okay of running a mar- running a marathon. That's right. Maybe a half. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be hard. Yep. It's gonna be arduous. One of We're us might poop our l- pants. <laughs> We're not gonna like every moment of it. No. 
But once we finish, we're really hoping we'll feel a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Oh man, it's gonna be a hollow, empty feeling <laughs> if I if I don't feel <laughs> immensely fulfilled at the end of this. All right. Uh, so those are our uh, 2018 New Year's resolutions. If you have different resolutions, and why wouldn't you? Uh, you should send those over to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Uh, or you can always, you know, find us on Twitter. We are at Nincart Society on Twitter, and the Facebook page is Nintendo Cartridge Society. Um, that's gonna do it for this episode. Uh, remember, please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and all that good stuff. If you like Mark and Mind's opinions, we write about comic books on RetconPunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can get more of his music by going to ApeAtBetty.com or by listening right here and now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thanks for listening. What's a creative podcast network?